0: Welcome into locked on Knicks. Alex Wolf here going solo today to break down the Knicks 111 97 win over the Los Angeles Clippers at home. What a way to bounce back! What a way for Julius Randle to bounce back! Definitely will talk a lot about how he looked quite a bit better in this game. Jalen Brunson, maybe struggling a little bit, but Still managed to put some stuff together. R.J. Barrett in his return looked fantastic, and Mitchell Robinson was an absolute force in this game. So all that and more next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit slash locked on to get started. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking insights and sounds on YouTube, we appreciate you making us part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you want to hear our thoughts before we even record our episodes or anything else, you can check us out on Subtext, which lets you communicate with us right from the text messaging app of your phone check the episode description for details i'm alex wolf i'm editor-in-chief of nick site the strickland which you can find at the strick.land and the knicks are back in the winning column and i gotta admit i didn't necessarily see this one coming i thought there might be a little a little new team uh magic you know from james harden and just that that new super team in general in la visiting but you know, especially with James Harden, you know, with his history and MSG, he co-holds the the scoring record in the Garden and stuff like that. You know, it's definitely a place that he likes to play. And yet, the Knicks come through with the fantastic team win. And yes, that includes Julius Randle in this one, which I, I, I can't wait to talk about him in a second. I thought that he had a great bounce back game, um, and and really came through for the Knicks in this one. But the defense was just. I think, that the big winner in this game. I mean, the Clippers have been one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA so far this season. They've actually been one of the best defenses and the best offenses. If you look at, uh, I'm ashamed to say I forget the account that that tweets these out, but there's this account that tweets out uh, these graphics, like usually once a week during the season that will show you where teams land on the efficiency landscape as far as uh, top offensive and top defensive efficiency and then places them on a nice... Uh, graph where you can sort of see where they they place on the curve and you know all that stuff and the Clippers are way up there they're like right up there with the Celtics as far as one of the best teams in the league so far this year uh, as far as their offensive and defensive efficiency working in tandem and so. It made it that much more impressive that the Knicks were able to hold these guys in check the way that they did. I really thought that the defense on Paul George was one of the biggest things, and that was truly a team effort. I went back and looked at all of his field goal attempts, and he almost had someone different guarding him every single time that he shot the ball. There was some Dante DiVincenzo. There was some Josh Hart, some R.J. Barrett. Uh, I believe there was a switch with Isaiah Hartenstein, who guarded a, a, a step-back three pretty well on the perimeter. I mean, it was it was just truly a a good team effort to keep uh, probably the guy that could have made the difference in this game had he gotten hot in check pretty much the whole game. And that was huge. Uh, They also didn't let the Harden debut get to them. You know, Harden himself didn't, you know, find some of his otherworldly scoring talent in this game, and they managed to defend him pretty well as well. And sort of, I mean, granted, he was working in short stints, so it's, it's tough to totally say that it was like all the Knicks and not partly just that he didn't play. A ton of minutes. I forget exactly how many minutes he ended up playing. Let's check real quick. Ended up at I guess he did end up at 31 and a half minutes. So you know he played a kind of short bursts, but overall it never really got super comfortable. Ended up scoring 17 points on six and nine shooting, but was a minus eighteen. Uh, which was tied for worst on the Clippers in this game, which probably had something to do with the fact that he was brand new getting integrated into that team. And the Knicks did a pretty good job defending him. And kind of you know getting the ball out of his hands when they could, thus only nine shot attempts. Uh, but I really thought the defense led to transition too, which unlocked for uh, the the first half was mostly a, a sort of a stagnant half court offense. And I shouldn't say stagnant; it was it was stagnant only in that the shots that the Knicks were generating weren't falling. Uh, but it just seemed like it wasn't creating. It wasn't creating scores which is what you need and they need to find a different way to get the ball in the hoop because they just couldn't hit the three in the first half uh they were having a hard time getting all the way to the hoop and and finishing there and i think that that was what kind of led to the second half where the defense ratcheted up a bit and especially at the late third to early fourth and then just all the way through the fourth quarter the defense just got to a new level the transition you know play got to a new level with that bench unit and the Knicks were able to pull away and, you know, get what ultimately ended up being a 14-point win when they were tied going into the fourth quarter. Uh, so it was crazy, crazy good fourth quarter. Uh, also, Clyde noted this, like, even in the first half when the shots weren't going down, the team was passing a ton. So, you know, the, the game felt a lot more like the first couple games in the first half. It's just the shots weren't weren't falling, which is frustrating. Uh, but uh, all in all, I think that the Knicks did a good job of, of moving the ball and not letting things stick, not having possessions like in the last couple of games where you have, you know, Brunson obviously scored like crazy in the Milwaukee game. But there are times where I think the ball sticks to him a little too much. Obviously, it have been sticking to Randall way too much. There was way, way less of that in this game, which is super important. I think if the Knicks are going to be good this year, they're going to have to embrace the fact that they have a lot of really good passers and a lot of pretty good shooters on this team. And they should look to get them involved as much as they can. Julius Randle was definitely one of those guys, one of the catalysts that was getting the shooters involved. He ends with 27 points, easily his best game of the season, 9 of 21 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 10 boards, 3 assists. But the 3 assists I don't think showed just how good he was overall passing the ball. Uh, he didn't have the 3 going early, he was just 1 of 4 in the first half, so then... Uh, by quick math there, that means that he went 2-4 of four in the second half, so 50% in the second half, but he was attacking the hoop early and often, he managed to get himself going that way, including drawing some free throws, uh, which we saw he made all of, which is amazing, but th- that this was what Gavin and I were literally talking about this morning, and so maybe Julius is like a Locked On Knicks listener or something because he got himself going by getting to the hoop and getting all the way in there, and trying to find easier opportunities for himself to kind of get himself going again. And I think that's going to be key for him, you know, like do the things that you know, you can do get all the way to the hoop. You're super strong and you're explosive and maybe you're not totally there with your ankle yet, but you know, when, when you see how well he could get to the the hoop against quite frankly, a really good defensive unit with a lot of defenders that could have shut him down in this game with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, you know, uh, James Harden, who's actually a pretty good big man defender uh, in the post and stuff, like, he really did some work in this game and and managed to, you know, create a lot of opportunities for himself and then use that. You could literally hear, you know, when he was getting the ball later in the game, you could hear the Clippers yelling out for doubles on him and, like, yelling, like, hey, get on Randall, get on Randall. And he was leveraging that and kicking it back out, starting those swing, swing, swing sequences. And so that's why I say, like, he might not have gotten as many assists as his passing impact dictated but i mean he he was doing a really good job of doing what what is the best version of julius randall which is someone who can do enough to gravitate the defense and then attack 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 that over and over and over again and i thought he did really good uh with that but uh i i gotta say and i mean look this maybe it's gonna come across a little debbie Debbie downery i'm still a little worried about his demeanor um and I'm no like body language expert. I'm not a sports psychologist or anything like that. But you know, last year we saw a ton of when Julius was playing as well as he played in this game. He would have been super happy-go-lucky. He would have been, you know, bumping up against guys in the, you know, like running up and doing chest bumps and you know shoulder bumps with you know Obi Toppin or whoever. Like you know when he was going back to the bench and you know he he would have a good time sometimes. You could see him smiling on the floor and enjoying himself. In this game, he still seemed very stoic. I mean, he still looked every bit as just n- not happy. I guess is the only way to put it, as in the previous few games. And so that's a little worrisome to me. Although he was playing within team concept and whatever, I, I don't know. Just kind of like I, the I was trying to think of an analogy, and the analogy I could think of was like he was like it, when you were in high, and maybe this is me dating myself as being from the uh, you know from the mid two thousands, but it's like in high school I should say but it's like you had like a like an emo kid in class you know that like is all sullen looking all the time and you know it's like trying to just kind of like be there be a loner do their own thing you know like not really you know interact or whatever but then you could also tell that they're super smart and were really good at math class so even though they didn't want to show you that they were good at math class or that you know they were getting good grades or whatever they were uh, they just kind of sulked their way through it um I don't know. That kind of felt like how Julius was in this game. Like he's just, just wanted to show up, get his work done. Didn't want to celebrate too much. Even, even got a little like I don't want to say forceful at times. But there were a couple of times where guys were kind of in his space, and even his own teammates, he was kind of putting a hand there back and be like, "Get out of here, go find your spot or whatever." I'm gonna start the offense up. Um, a little bit of walking down the court still, you know, to get the offense started. But then he would get the ball at the top of the key and make something out of it. So maybe this was just part of the game plan in this game was let's get Julius going. Let's let him initiate the offense more in this game and see how it goes. And for this game, at least it went really well. Uh, Hopefully we can see multiple games in a row where he plays this well and hopefully start seeing a smile on his face a little more again. I don't know. I want to see happy Zen Julius from last year again and not unhappy, begrudgingly being good Julius uh, uh, that we saw in this game. But It is what it is. I I guess we'll see how things progress from there. But uh, Mitchell Robinson was fantastic in this game. Maybe the Knicks' best player, which is saying something because RJ Barrett was also fantastic too. And I want to talk about him in just a moment as well. But first, I do have to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by Fandle. And You could score early this NFL season and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And by and more, I, of course, mean same-game parlays, my absolute favorite way to bet on FanDuel. And, you know, if you were a Julius Randle optimist going into this game, you probably could have made yourself a little bit of money tonight. You could have picked like Julius Randle over 26 and a half points, over nine and a half rebounds. Mitchell Robinson over three and a half steals. RJ Barrett in his return, you know, maybe wouldn't necessarily, uh, the odds makers would have put it a little higher chances that, you know, he actually would go off like he did. So maybe pick RJ Barrett over 25 and a half points. And, Maybe you could have turned like five bucks into, I don't know, a thousand. I mean, sometimes those same game parlays do pay out that much because it allows you to just put a whole bunch of smaller items together into one bigger betting item and give yourself a chance to win a lot more money, which is a lot, a really fun way to spice up a Knicks game if you want to. So visit fandle.com slash locked on and you can kick off the NBA and NFL season. Again, that's fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle, official partner of the NFL. All right, and I'm back in to keep talking through this Knicks win again, one eleven to ninety seven over the Clippers, and Mitchell Robinson. He continues to impress: thirteen points, fifteen rebounds, four steals. Some of those steals were almost block esque. You know, it reminded me a lot of the Cleveland game uh, where he was kind of, or maybe it was the or the Atlanta game. Actually, I think was the one that that I'm thinking of here, the Atlanta game where he was sort of. Uh, breaking up these, uh, you know, alley-oop attempts and stuff and, and getting in there and, you know, knocking things away and, and, you know, really uh, uh, preventing lobs from happening before they could even uh, be, you know, a thought. Um, And, you know, just in general, I think he was, he was doing a great job of just having active hands everywhere. I mean, the, the four steals, again, some of them, if they were a second later, could have turned into blocks, but It just shows he was everywhere on defense again in this game. Uh, But he also was getting looked at for dump-offs more than I think pretty much any game this season. And Randall was a big part of that as well. Uh, But Randall hit him a little bit. Uh, I believe that Jalen Brunson hit him with a nice dish late in the game. Uh, R.J. Barrett was certainly looking for him. I think that he had one kind of broken up earlier in the game but then uh, did manage to find Mitch at one point as well. So his teammates were really... Kind of trying to reward him on the inside in this game, which was great. Uh, and th- one of the biggest things that stood out to me is something that I think the Knicks should look to use more often, especially if Randall is going to keep playing as well as he did. Was there was a four-five pick and roll with Randall and Mitchell Robinson, and I feel like that is something we very rarely see. And granted, it wasn't even that like forceful of a pick and roll possession. Like Mitch didn't even wait around for Julius to make the the motion to you know kind of slip out of the the screen there. And so, like, it it was kind of just, like, a theoretical screen. Like, Mitch came up there and, like, almost set a screen, but then Julius started moving, and Mitch moved before there was even contact on that. And yet, then that gave Mitch the ability to get going downhill, and Randall finds him, and, and Mitch was able to finish off, uh, you know, a nice easy bucket down low. I would love to see more of that, because I think that Randall has the passing chops to make that happen, and it creates a really interesting situation when you have two bigs up there. So then it's... It's like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, we're both like we're putting the power forward and the center in this situation where they have to decide who's going to be the one that's going to drop, who's going to be the one that's going to stick to the perimeter, if Julius is shooting well enough to keep you honest like he was today, and who's going to deal with Mitchell Robinson, who is, uh, I think, at this point, the most dominant inside presence uh, in the NBA as far as just sheer physical presence in there on defense and on offense and, of course, rebounding the ball and the rebounding i mean it was just crazy crazy good i mean the offensive rebounding as usual just a complete game buster you know i think he had nine of them against this team which i mean like zubats on on the clippers is no slouch rebounding the ball uh and you know honestly they're for a team that's mostly full of like wings they're they have some pretty decent you know rebounders on the team like they seem to have a good group for like kind of gang rebounding and getting in there and having someone in there with a a nose for the ball and yet mitch was just a full-on man among boys stuff again i mean just multiple tips to himself at one point um i think uh uh, my buddy jeff rasmussen was running the strickland account tonight and and took a clip where he pointed out that it was like mitch was playing volleyball with himself off the backboard at one point in this in this game because he did I think he got like two or three offensive rebounds out of just that sequence just by the fact that he was batting the ball to himself off the backboard, you know, making an attempt to get it in and then, you know, tapping it back to himself again. Did that a couple of times. Did another one where he he got a couple offensive rebounds uh, in a single possession and finished it off himself. Um, and then had a number of times where he was just kind of so in the thick of things that it opened things up for other guys, like a really good Dante DiVincenzo uh, sequence actually that one I think was Hartenstein, but you know speaks to the same same general principles. But you know either way, Mitch was just taking up lots of space. Hartenstein did the same thing in his minutes, and you know that this one-two tandem of those two just continues to be you know a, a very very dangerous thing, and one of the most successful things the Knicks have had going for them this year on the overall in a year where things have been kind of up and down to this point. Uh, so. Big kudos to Mitch again, again, 13 points, 15 boards, four steals, just crazy, crazy stuff uh, But RJ Barrett was back as well and made a huge, huge difference. He looked like he didn't miss a beat. Honestly, you know, I wouldn't have known that he just missed two games and has a, like a knee injury. And, you know, he, caught, he sort of said after the game, he's, he's just gonna have to play with pain in that knee now for a little while. But you know, maybe that means he gets a maintenance game off now and again, you know, maybe on a back to back or something. He he gets a rest. I think that would be useful, you know, maybe in the near term until that starts really feeling better. But I don't know if he just feels good enough to play like he did tonight, maybe just play him all the time. He had 26 points, nine of sixteen shooting, shot two of four from three, six of six from free throw range, uh, also six rebounds, four assists. And, you know, as usual, the the scoring was great. And I, I love it. You know, he had another one of those like really uh really just absolutely filthy scoop layups from way too far away on the left side where you're like, how did he even get the angle on that from the angle that he was shooting it from? Uh managed to get inside and draw some fouls again, managed to hit some three-pointers, you know, looked really comfortable doing that and still, you know, didn't miss a beat, even though he just missed, you know, the better part of a week uh from playing. And but as usual, I just think that one of the most impressive things with rj when it's really on is his passing and he had a uh, really nice little or well actually a couple really nice little pocket passes to isaiah hartenstein one where he got all the way to the baseline and then it was sort of an accident but it worked where he sort of like rolled it to hartenstein which i think confused the defenders enough that they weren't able to get a hand on it uh and then hartenstein was able to get it get control of it and go up and finish um and then also had a, another nice look to Hartenstein down low uh, where he found him, I think, just off like a basic pick and roll action and and got Hartenstein that way. So that was great. Uh, but he was also just keeping things moving in transition at all times. And, you know, that included most of the time for him being the man out in front. And I love that. I mean, because he had bounce in this game. He was dunking the ball like crazy. Uh, again, really kind of made me question, like, man, does this knee really hurt? Like, it, he couldn't tell. And, I mean, I'm not doubting it. I'm sure that it really does hurt him. But he, he looked great in the in the meantime. You know, I I thought that he looked explosive. He looked uh, still like he could just get into the paint at will and had a really good time, I think. Uh, certainly I had a good time watching him. So um, I, I hope RJ's able to keep playing because if, you know, if he can avoid, you know, having to sit out again, I, I think – he offers a ton for this team and sort of offers that that big first slash second scoring option when the Knicks need it, especially on a night like tonight where Brunson had a pretty tough game. Um, he still managed to, you know, provide a little creation and stuff and played pretty well on defense. But Brunson definitely had a tough shooting night, which I want to get to in the next segment, along with the just highlighting the absolute dynamite combo of Dante Divincenzo, Emmanuel quickly. And Josh Hart, who were the real catalyst of pushing this game out of reach uh, in the fourth quarter. But first, I got to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. And, you know, our buddies at Jace Medical, well, you know what, talking about buddies, you you and I, listener, we're kind of buddies. We talk together a lot. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, how Julius Randle's playing, all that stuff. And you know, it's uh, that's why I feel like we've got you know, uh, from listener to host, we got a little bit of a connection here. And and today, I, you know, I want to talk to you guys about uh, the ability to get medicines that you need and have them always available for you. So I just learned that you can get—I mean, this this might be something that you really need, especially for uh, you know th- th- those those certain weekend nights or whatever. But you can get a one-year supply of ED medications through Jason Medical. And you realize what that means. You can bring on extended travel. You can, uh, you know, if there's ever any issues in your area because of a, you know, any sort of uh, natural disaster or supply chain issue or whatever, you're covered. You don't have to worry about whether you can get your refill of your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Rivadio prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. Order most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies and I highly recommend this for everyone. Pretty ringing endorsement. So if you or someone you love uh, would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med that you use all the time, Go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. All right, and I'm back in to finish talking about this big win for the Knicks uh, one more time because I love reading winning scores. 111-97, the Knicks end up beating the New Look Clippers with James Harden making his debut. Pretty big stuff for the Knicks because... Uh, there was again every opportunity for this to for them to drop this game and you know kind of keep the uh backwards momentum that they've kind of had going uh going in this game. But they did not. And that came despite the fact that Jalen Brunson had kind of a tough game. And you know, what a flip-flop. The Knicks were so reliant on Jalen Brunson just one game ago uh against Milwaukee to provide basically everything on offense in that game, and yet he had kind of an off night or not kind of definitely had an off night, seven points on two of 12 shooting. Uh, I really just wish he and Randall could have good games at the same time. Again, that would be super helpful uh, because then the Knicks could maybe start blowing out some teams a little bit and really build some confidence and, and get back to where we want to see them being. But uh, in the interim, you know, at least Randall and RJ and the bench unit were there to sort of prop up uh, Brunson in this game. But I did think he did a good job of pushing in transition uh, even if his usual bread and butter in the half court wasn't really working, he he had his head up all the time. He hit, uh, I know, Josh Hart on one. I think maybe Josh Hart on two transition opportunities. And then I think he also hit DiVincenzo on one. I mean, he was he was doing a really good job of, like, if he got the ball and it was transition time, he did hit transition and, you know, made the really nice heads up outlet pass. So big props to him for that. Uh, but also, I I thought he was a pest in the passing lanes, too, which is sort of becoming a staple this year. He's, he's getting really good at those, you know, quick little breaks to get a steal and, you know, starting a break that way as well. And he had three steals in this game, which gets him up to one point three steals per game for the season so far through seven games. That would easily set a career high for him. I think his highest other than that is point eight or perhaps 0.9 steals per game. So to cross the one plateau and add, you know, over a quarter steal per game more, that's that shows progress. And, you know, this team's overall defensive scheme and how Brunson fits into it and how he's found a role where he can be comfortable. And, you know, even for all of his defensive deficiencies, still find a way to impact the game positively on that end. So I don't really see that slowing down either. It seems like that's sort of the Knicks MO this year is to play the passing lanes really aggressive. And, That's something that Brunson's definitely good at. So I I think that we might see Brunson continue to build on that steals per game uh, category and, you know, uh, find a defensive role that really works for himself this year. Uh, So I want to move though to his his uh, former Villanova teammate, current Knicks teammate, Dante, <laughs> that could apply to two guys. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, though, was fantastic. I really thought that he was one of the biggest reasons that the Knicks had that like dagger run in the the late third, early fourth quarter. He had 12 points, four, six shooting, shot three of five from deep. And like, this is truly what you want to see out of this guy that, you know, if, if he's shooting three of five from three, you're in really, really good shape. And, you know, I think that this is what the Knicks are going to need out of him is just that consistent three point shooting to shoot around 40 to 43 percent or even higher if he can somehow hack it on good volume. But, you know, just being that dependable three point shooter is so valuable. And he was that in this game. You know, there's a couple opportunities. One was my absolute favorite. Uh, he had this awesome sequence where he got a hustle offensive rebound, which I almost mistakenly said was with Mitch out there, but I'm now 99% certain it was with Hartenstein out there in my mind's eye. Either way. You know, Hartenstein was kind of doing the dirty work, keeping bodies occupied underneath, and DiVincenzo just blitzes in there, grabs the ball, and then doesn't try to immediately go back up for it amongst all of the the taller guys. Instead, smartly kicks it back outside and relocates himself to the corner. Uh, Emmanuel quickly then kicks it, I believe this went, IQ to R.J., Uh, to a quick pass to DiVincenzo, but might have just been IQ to DiVincenzo. Either way, finds himself back in the corner, and he's like, I'll do it myself, and does it himself, makes a three there. Huge, huge sequence, because if that had been a defensive rebound for the Clippers and they had been able to get uh, a score down the other end, they could have cut it to like six points, which makes things a lot more real for a comeback. Uh, instead, he uh, Divincenzo gets the offensive rebound, sets up a possession where he ends up paying the three, puts the Knicks up 11, which was sort of the beginning of the end, I think, for the Clippers in this game. That just sort of seemed to be that momentum shifting point where the Knicks took over, and they owe that entirely to Divincenzo. Uh, I also just thought that he was an awesome pest on defense against whoever he faced uh, on the Clippers, uh, but in particular, I liked what he did with Paul George. I already sort of shouted out the whole team, but the possessions where Vincenzo was on him I, I thought he did a really nice job and just overall is doing exactly what you want out of him defense pushing the pace you know moving the ball well and of course shooting threes i, I think that's what's going to be the Vincenzo staple along with a little more in the cut department than we saw in this particular game but he was he was well defended on a couple attempts with uh, isaiah Hartenstein to try to get inside on a cut like that then you had emmanuel quickly uh, out of that bench unit you know, with a team high plus twenty two plus minus, and I thought he just played amazing with both units. You know, he he only played twenty minutes, ends up with seven points, five assists in twenty minutes. But I, I don't think that really underscores just how great he was in this game on offense. I just thought like he always had exactly what the Knicks needed. If they needed, you know, the the defense broken down, he would break them down and then kick the ball out. Uh, if they needed an extra pass, he would he would just offer the extra pass. If they Needed a finish inside. He was able to figure out a way to get in there and finish inside. Uh, he also threw a, a back-breaking alley-oop at one point to Isaiah Hartenstein during that big run, too. Just a great look to Hartenstein, who had just the smallest little sliver of a window, but IQ just fitted in there right into his hands, and he dunked that one home. Uh, so that was fantastic. But um, I, I just thought that he, he was always in the right place at the right time in this game. And for only playing 20 minutes, he got a lot of burn with both the bench unit primarily and with the starters towards the end of the game when he was in for grimes and he just did great in both roles was just doing you know whatever the knicks needed of him which is what quickly does as a player and that's why you know he's the favorite to win six man of the year this year and maybe if he has more nights like this where he doesn't have the super gaudy stat lines he'll once again kind of get overlooked later in the year but you know, I, I think that these sort of games just kind of show exactly what he brings to the table, which is just a player that very rarely, if ever, makes mistakes when he's on the floor, and that's that's always a good thing to have. Uh, then Josh Hart as well. I got a shout out, final guy. Uh, I thought he was fantastic too to just hammer home the the fact that the bench unit was uh, amazing in this game, uh, particularly that that troika. Although I, I'm not gonna say that uh, that Hardenstein wasn't good too because he was as well, but this was kind of more the Mitch show in this game. Like Mitch got a, a Line share of the minutes compared to Hardenstein, uh, but Josh Harden's with ten points, seven assists. Once again, just an absolute agent of chaos in transition. Whether it was him running out in transition, which he did a few times, whether it was him looking for others in transition, he fed RJ uh, at least once, maybe twice for some of his transition, like just huge thunder dunks that he did. Um, I thought Josh Hart was just just fantastic, and I think the Knicks are really on a something special here with this this Josh Hart. Emmanuel, quickly Dante, DiVincenzo, uh, little pairing off the bench. If they continue playing well and and playing this well together, I think that we're going to once again find ourselves in a situation where even if the Knicks starters are struggling to a degree, and which we saw you know in years past where it'd be kind of you just be waiting for the bench to come in to kind of like save things. Uh, I think that this bench unit is going to save a lot because there was uh, there was a a very important part of this game where the clippers you know hold big four or big five i guess like their whole whatever starting lineup you know that i would call probably a big three i think even if russ westbrook looks a little better this year i don't know if i'm willing to put him in that discussion right now but you know that when they have uh they had Kawhi, paul george and james harden out there plus russ plus zubats and you know that would have been every opportunity for them with their starters out there to to make some noise and come back and kind of force the Knicks hand to react to them. And yet the bench guys that, that trio did such a phenomenal job of shutting down the Clippers and really just uh, making this into a runaway win for the Knicks. So, you know, big ups to those guys, big ups to the Knicks in general. And, you know, an awesome win here. Uh, We'll have more for you guys the rest of this week. We actually have a second part of what the, uh, the episode that came out yesterday about, uh, how to fix the Knicks. We have a second one coming out, which uh, luckily covers some stuff that they did do in this game, but I think we make a good case for why they should continue. Uh, things like continuing to, to shoot the three and just wait for that to come around. Uh, questions of if the Knicks have enough size to get them through uh, some of the bigger teams in the league, stuff like that. So that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you all for listening and hopefully you enjoyed this one as much as I did. But we'll be back with plenty more coverage for you guys this week, including the first City Edition game, uh, the the Kith night uh, on Wednesday, where the Knicks are going to debut their new City Edition jerseys and play Victor Weminyama. So that should be a lot of fun. So keep your ears out for that as well. But until next time, thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace out, everybody.